0: You are listening to the Pursuit of Manliness podcast, where we are vigorously equipping men to pursue biblical manliness. For more information about the Pursuit of Manliness or find out about the herd, make sure you visit thepursuitofmanliness.com. God, thanks for Ryan. Thank you for the, uh, us being able to connect like this through Zoom. Um, I, I, here we are sitting here in July, and as we talked about this will go Live at the end of August, and you'll know the person that needs to hear this or the group of people that need to hear this, and uh, including myself. Uh, as we're going to, I believe, talk about fear is so polarizing to us. And, and Ryan seems to be the kind of guy who uh, he doesn't let a lot of that get in his way. And because of that, he's got a great story, testimony, and you've used him in really unique ways. And God, I pray. For our conversation, the guys are going to listen to it. Maybe they're working out in their garage. Maybe they're uh, fixing on, you know, encountering something that that they are afraid of on some level. And God, maybe this is what they need to hear. Uh, We trust in your timing in that. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, Ryan, George, well, I want to welcome you to the Pursuit of Maleness podcast. Thank you uh, for taking time on this July afternoon.
1: Oh, thanks for having me. I'm looking forward to the adventure of this conversation.
0: Hey man, just just finding out some more stuff about you, um, man, I, I'm intrigued. There's a lot of places we can start, <laughs> um, but man, why don't you just introduce yourself and we'll kind of we'll go from there.
1: Yeah, so my name is Ryan and I'm an adventurer. I've been to all seven continents, both polar circles. Uh, I've ice climbed on three continents, paraglided in seven countries, bungee jumped on five continents. I love hanging off of things, jumping off of things, conquering things. Um, I've been to almost 30 countries and that's all I do for fun on the side. Cause my day job, I'm actually a virtual assistant. Um, I go to a really cool church. Uh, one of my friends calls it adventure church cause, uh, it's pastored by men who are ice climbers and, uh, experimental aircraft pilots, motorcycle racers, backpackers, wilderness guys, whitewater guys. And so I've been very formed to connect my faith and my, uh, need my, my draw for adventure. And, um, and so it's become alive for me over the years more and more and more.
0: Let's talk about that because what you just described there, the church, the, the, the pastor, whatever, that is completely the opposite of what people think of when they think of Christians. They think we're pretty lame. <laughs> we're kind of kind of Ned Flanders, you know? We're a little, yeah. uh, we're,
1: we're well, pretty dorky. Uh,
0: well, mean, many M-A-R. are.
1: Why, why is that? Why, how did we miss that? So people come to religion for different reasons, right? And many people come for comfort. And for answers to aches in their soul. And those are great reasons to come, but they're not great reasons to stay. Hmm. Um, You know, one of the reasons that so often the phrase fear not or don't be afraid is repeated throughout scripture is because fear was a legitimate response from a human perspective to the moment at hand. Now to the to Jesus or the angel or whoever said that, they had a bigger perspective. Mm-hmm. But what I've been telling people is is if if all we go for is comfort, we atrophy. and what we'll have is not faith, it's religion. If we're comfortable, we don't need that we need one of two things or both for faith, and one is doubt and one is fear or both, right? And mm-hmm. so if on a regular basis we're not doubting ourselves or maybe even doubting who God is and having to look into who he actually is or if we're scared of our situation we're not really trusting God fully, that's when we get a moment to display the faith that we actually have. It's not that we don't ever fear. It's that what do you do after that fear or after that doubt arrives? And so mm-hmm. I tell people, if, if I don't have a moment in my life where an assignment from the Holy Spirit doesn't scare me or make me uncomfortable on a regular basis, I start doing an inventory to make sure my conversations with Jesus are authentic enough. Mm-hmm. And I try to dive back in because I don't want to have religion. I, I want to have faith. I want to have this thriving relationship with the god who created me for adventure
0: you know we talk about that um in the gospels where the storm and jesus walking on the water and peter gets out of the boat and you know the disciples i mean these are these are deadliest catch guys right like they're rowing their boat they're they're not like going hey how do i use a paddle like they know what they're doing and and yet peter um gets out of the boat and starts walking towards jesus And, and i've said the safest place was Peter walking on the water towards Jesus than trying to use all your efforts to get back to dry land. And and I think sometimes as Christians, we miss (laughs) that. In the midst of a storm, the the safest place might be in the midst of chaos going towards Jesus than to try to use all your resources to try to die the safest. So you're Mm. you're a guy that says, hey, I'm going to get out of the boat. I'm going to go towards something that's messy.
1: How has God showed up when when you get out of that safe boat? Oh, it's different every time. Right. I mean, I I've learned something different from God in every country I've gone to every adrenaline stunt I've done. It's what I needed in that. That's why I love how personal Jesus is to say, this is what you needed to see of my character or my heart this week. Um, sometimes it's, Hey, I got you. I trust you. Sometimes it's, I see you, I'm paying attention to details. I'll give you an example. Like my first time to Iceland, I went the week of Thanksgiving and uh, Iceland's very dark that time of year. You get like four or eight hours of sunlight, <laughs> or something like that. And I, I went to this black sand beach at night. So the water's black, the sky's black, the rocks are black, the sand is black. It, knowing where you are was so surreal and hard to figure out. And I'm just crying out to God. I said, "There are things back home that feel like this beach right now. I don't know where the future is. I don't know where we're going. And I started trying to sing worship music and I'm crying. <laughs> Anyway, I come, that's a Tuesday night. I come home, do Thanksgiving with my family. And that next Sunday at church, usually, you know, the weekend after Thanksgiving is pretty low attendance. So I I went in there and Mm -hmm. I don't know that our, our music people knew where I was that week, but up on the screen behind the lyrics while we're singing our worship music, wasn't just the beach where I had been standing that Tuesday night. It was the exact spot on that beach where I had been standing. And it was that Jesus said, Hey, you relinquished control to me Tuesday night and said, I don't know. I'm scared. Mm I'm anxious but I'm gonna trust you. And then you came home and came to, to worship with other believers and I'm gonna show you, I'm paying attention. And so it can be something that small. It can be huge things. I mean, that's why I ended up writing a whole book about it because every time I encountered Jesus in a different place or a different way, I was like, oh man, I, I, need to, it's, I need to tell you this. So one of my pastors got his master's in experiential education. He was a wilderness guide, And one of the things that they would do is they would take people out in the wilderness and really push them past their comfort zone. And then they would leave them alone for a day with like bare essentials you're basically fasting and a notebook and a pen and they would say okay you just conquered yourself you just conquered a fear you just did something you never thought you could do what's something back home that scares you that now you know is arbitrary right and so he's he brought that into our church and he said people learn the most about god when you teach them at the moment of need so rather than working through and we do exegetical studies and everything else every other church does but through discipleship, we go, okay, what's going on in your life this week? Now let's look in scripture to see what it has to say, what God has to say about what you're going through right now. And those lessons, just like the lessons I learned jumping out of an airplane or going out of the wings of an airplane while doing aerobatic maneuvers, um, they become more um, indelible. They, they form you and you don't tend to lose those as quickly as something you just heard on a Sunday night, if you will. And so I've been shaped and discipled by people who intentionally look at faith through the filter of adventure as an educational tool.
0: Yeah, I'm a pastor. It's what I do full time. This is just what I, but whatever. So uh, so I believe in the church. I believe in the power of one another and discipleship and evangelism, all the things that are scriptural. But there's something different about getting outside those walls with from guys in particular. When I Mm -hmm. like I got a buddy of mine from Texas text me right now about a camp out we're gonna have in the spring, and like we're fired up about it today. Like we're counting down the days, like you know, getting on some trails or getting in some places where you're out of your comfort zone or you're trying to figure out where are we gonna take a leak or what are we gonna do? Like those (laughs) things, those are character building individually. But have you found it also to be character building collectively? Like you now have this band of brothers that you say, we're now united through these shared experiences.
1: Yeah, it's funny that you use the term band of brothers, because one of my mentors in the faith, he's a whitewater guide. And he said, when you conquer your fear together, it's a foxhole mentality, not so much. um, I I don't want to make light of people who've done that real actual work of war. But when you conquer something you're scared of together, there's a bond that forms that you don't have. If, if you don't do that together. There are people that I've served with and I've hugged on a Sunday morning, but I've never gone to battle with my fears with them. And when I've conquered my fears with them or got uncomfortable, it's interesting when you get uncomfortable backpacking, how many times you're willing to get uncomfortable relationally um, or spiritually. It's the same thing. Once you beat something together, a, a guy saved my life in 2007. I was I was headed to death in the river. It's a really bad situation. And like now when he wants to, speak advice into my life or we want to pray together. There's something that's there that I don't have with just somebody that I wave at at Sunday morning as I'm walking in.
0: And it's, it's, it's inside you. It's different. Like you can't explain mm-hmm. it. Like, you, you know, you can get a pen or a patch to say I went there, but, <laughs> it, it's different when you go through some stuff or you go without some food or maybe you know you you walk on with some blisters or you you know what, whatever the variables are of the elements and overcoming like are we seriously going to do this and uh, you know those things uh, we still talk about some things that we have done you know in the past and laugh about it now but um, you can sit in traffic you can go 30 minutes without a, a meal you can handle a, a bad text message like you you're, you're just kind of built a little different right and it's not only spiritual growth but there's some mental toughness
1: that kind of goes with that don't you mm-hmm. think yeah, absolutely. Um and it's being reminded. It's having those people go, "Hey, remember that time? Hey, remember that time?" One of the things I've done since May 18th, 2016, I have journaled every day but one. And I transition that into a digital journal and it shows me every day what my journal entries were that day on previous years. And so what I've gotten into a habit is I'm recording things going on in my life. I'll text somebody, "Hey, 4 years ago today, you got baptized. Remember that day?" Or you know, five years ago today, you survived a car wreck and you promised to God you would say yes on your, his next assignment or whatever it is. And so I think a big part of that is the the telling the stories over and over again. Uh, so I serve on the parking lot ministry at my church. We've got, I don't know, 20 people on our teams, of course, the different services. And to remind, I, one of the things I try to do is remind my teammates regularly of the things we've seen happen on that asphalt and the things we've happened in our midst. Uh, it's funny, you said earlier about that Christians can't be cool. We have this, I, this Ned Flanders idea. One of the guys I got to baptize several years ago was on my team. It was a big Harley dude. He's got the long goatee and everything, you know? And he goes, you know, before I hung out with you guys, I didn't know that you could be cool and Christian. I thought those were mutually exclusive. And so what happens then is after he gets baptized, we tell those stories all the time. Hey, remember when that group, we had a group of like 200 Harleys show up to church one Sunday for uh, one of their fallen. And we are like, Remember that time we heard that rumble from two miles away? And so if you keep telling those stories over and over, you reinforce the permanency of those memories.
0: I love that you said that because if you read the Bible, particularly the Old Testament, God is continually reminding the nation of Israel there will come a day. When the next generation is going to ask you, what do these things mean? Or why do we do this? Or what, whatever that is. And what I is believe. What is stack of stones? Yeah. Yeah. Like, okay, dad, why do we do this every year? Why do why do we got to be intense for a week? Why do we have <laughs> to light this candle? Why do we have to? That's right. It's weird. It's weird. We don't understand it. Like, dad, you're so old. You're so. But I think we've lost the art of storytelling. Like there's, a, mm-hmm. there's something about sitting around a fire. It's something about sitting around a kitchen table, for crying out loud. Whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And there's an art to truthful storytelling of saying, man, here's where we were, here's what we were a part of, here's what God did, here's what I thought, man, I totally forgot that that's what I ate that day, whatever it is. I think sometimes we lose that art because we don't have a story to tell. And so Mm -hmm. I I think we have have to figure out ways to break the monotony that every day it doesn't become Groundhog Day. So Mm -hmm. were you always this way? Or is this something one day that you said, you know what, I want to do something a little bit abnormal. I'm going to (laughs) go For example, let me, I don't want to go any further here. Uh, I've never got a guy on Antarctica to listen to the podcast. If you ever go back to Antarctica, just find one Christian that's willing to listen to the podcast. That's the only (laughs) continent we haven't made it on. But my point is, how did you start doing this? How did you start living a life of adventure where you go, I got a story to tell now?
1: Well, it didn't start from a healthy place. so. What you need to know is, in in middle school, I was bullied pretty bad. My parents pulled me out, uh, homeschooled me through high school. I got to college, and I was socially backwards because we, homeschoolers back then, didn't have the tools that we have now to stay connected, and so I was just not one of the cool kids. I graduated college. I had immediate success in my career. Quickly got to disposable income and freedom and flexibility and in my own business and all that kind of stuff, and social media hit and I went, you know what? I'm gonna make the world think that I'm worthy of respect and love, which is not a great reason to do things. And it's the reason that a lot of us are on social media to begin with, to be honest. And so I call it digital courage. Like some guys will drink to get liquid courage. <laughs> I, I don't drink, but uh, I do, every time I turn on that GoPro, all of a sudden I would get courage to do the things that scare me. I'm still scared to go out on the wings of a plane while we're doing aerobatics and stuff. I'm still scared to jump off buildings and, and whatever for the most part. Um, But I would do it because I wanted those likes, comments and shares. And what I found is like Solomon said in Ecclesiastes, yeah, they're great. And then they fade. And then you need more. And the problem is, um, once your body gets used to all the dopamine, epinephrine, norepinephrine, all those kind of things. I mean, there's, there's the term adrenaline junkie for a reason. I don't know that I'm clinically uh, one, but I mean, if you look at the last 15 years of my life, there's more and more and more and more. Like I need bigger doses. I need more doses and stuff like that. And so it became habit for me. Thankfully, about six months into this, uh, I got plugged into the adventure church, if you will, and started getting discipled. I got baptized and um, I started to be taught uh, the connections. Two years after I started jumping out of all the things, uh, I went on my first wilderness trip with my pastor and reframed all of that and so then what i was able to do was to go through that filter every time i went somewhere instead of going i need likes comments and sheriff i want to experience what god has for me here and all the exhilaration is great and any affirmation that comes is great but over time it became less and less and less about the insecurity and more and more and more about the anticipation i can't wait to see what god does or what happens here uh, i got into therapy and- and work through things and my wife and i've been on a great journey to, to help unpack some trauma from my childhood and go back and, and build that and so now i can do it for a much better reason and now what i'm doing over the last i don't know 10 years is bringing people on the journey with me so that they can experience that have something that they didn't know and then process it at the end of the day what did we learn about god today what did we learn about each other what did we learn about a community of faith what did we learn about whatever and so it's still habit forming and it's there's still there's still a part of it. I don't know what percentage of it. It's based in insecurity. Um, but yeah, once you start doing it, you want to have more. And what's cool is when you start doing it around the world, you're meeting all these other people who are doing similar things. And they're like, Oh, if you love this, you got to try that. If you love this, you got to try that. And you just follow your friendships around the world. It, it gets really exciting.
0: Isn't that crazy? God is the great networker. He knows them all. Yeah. He's going to put you, in, you know, in front of the right people. Is What's your wife think about all this? Does she do this or is she like,
1: what now? uh she, yeah she's like hey that's your thing she's joined me on a few the one she doesn't mind doing uh, a sport that i like is called canyoning which is where you repel waterfalls um she's done that with me before um she doesn't do anything in the air she's like i'm not going in a plane i'm not jumping out of a plane i'm not um she said she might paraglide with me one day i love paragliding mm-hmm. um it's less dangerous and it's less adrenaline rush type thing but she's courageous in a different way you know she's the missions yep. director at our church and she'll walk into a brothel in managua nicaragua mm-hmm. sit down with a prostitute put her arm around her and, pray over and offer a micro loan and say, hey, how can we help change your life? How can we show you what Jesus can do with you? And mm-hmm. he, she'll go places that I'm too scared to go. She'll mm-hmm. also have conversations with people that I take a long time before I get to. And she quickly is like, no, let's get to that unhealthy place. Let's find out. So I think all of us have different um, spectrums of courage. And we also yeah. have different lanes of courage. My brother is way more courageous with what he'll eat, but he won't do the things that I do up <laughs> in the air. right? And I have friends who are more entrepreneurially and vocationally courageous than I'll ever be Uh, people who are more financially adventurous than I, you know what I'm saying? So we we all have different lanes and then we all have different continuums of, of what that looks like.
0: Well, I think that's a good point because there's somebody listening right now going, Hey, I love the idea, Ryan. That sounds great, but I'm terrified of heights or I have a friend that could kill you 17 different ways, but he hates (laughs) driving across bridges. Like when you go across the bridge, I found this out the first time riding in his van as he's driving across the bridge. I thought, we're fixing on dying. And this guy, I mean, <laughs> if he wants to kill you, he can't. I told my wife one day, I said, if he needs to hit you, he can hit you with whatever thing he has. He just, that's not his thing. You know, there's people that are terrified of, of movement or, you know, uh, amusement park rides or whatever, but don't you, you, you travel the world. You've met a lot of people. Everyone has a different frame of courage, right? What somebody did today to get out of the bed was more courageous than maybe what I've done, you know, just even right. you know, walking into that workplace or wherever it is. So how do we channel that 20 seconds of courage to say, hey, I'm, I'm going to do it regardless of the fear, regardless of the fact I don't have all the skills. I don't know if I'll land on the ground or I'll, you know, <laughs> whatever it is. But what about that guy who says, I ain't jumping out of a plane, but I do need to dive into that courage just a little bit more.
1: So two part answer. So the first thing I would say is that um, the point isn't courage necessarily the the point isn't adventure the point is listening to the holy spirit where he calls you to go so don't go stand in front of a train and see how long you can stand there before you jump out of the way it's just stupid like i'm not telling people to have a death wish and the point of me writing a book and all my blogs and my podcast everything else isn't to get people to go up and do the things that i do like i'm wired differently it's that when the holy spirit whispers that hard thing in the back of your mind and it might be hey your neighbor has the opposite party uh, politician sign in their front yard, go over and invite them to dinner. It might be, hey, go make an apology to this person that you hurt way back in college. Or it might be, hey, confess a sin to somebody who's worth it. It might be going to therapy. I remember the first time I went to see a Christian counselor, my beats per minute on my Apple Watch went from 55 to 83. I was so scared to be vulnerable, right? So, and I don't know what it is, but everybody that I've talked to, you know, on these podcast interviews and, and in real life, they all know that one thing you know, maybe it's finally becoming apparent. parent, you know, their spouse has been asking them for years, or maybe it's, Hey, I need to sell this car and give it. I just feel this compassion to this specific burden and specific ministry. And I think I need to make this sacrifice. I don't know what it is. The Holy Spirit does. So I just trust the Holy Spirit that whatever whoever's listening right now or watching and they hear that in the back of their head, that's what I hope they do. Maybe it's go take the unpopular kid at high school out for a drive and get ice cream. I, I don't know what it is. It's di- I, I wrote in the book about this one time. I wrote a lot of the book in Portland, Oregon. And I was out to dinner. I'm three time zones from home. I'll never be in this restaurant again in my life. And the Holy Spirit said, right, Jesus loves you and put a monster tip on that on that check. And I was like, Oh, I don't know if I can do this. It's Portland, it's Jesus, you know. And, and that one time I obeyed and I, I did that. But a lot of other times, something that small, I've not done one of my buddies came to Christ. You got to hear this story. It's so awesome. So he's a big, he heavy duty weightlifter. He His deadlift, bench press, and squat combined is 1,500 pounds. This is a huge dude, works in concrete every day. And he met Jesus because he was at a register at our local grocery store and he came up short with how much cash he had in his pocket to pay for some batteries. And some random dude he's never met and never seen since walks over from the door, puts some some, uh, cash on the belt, and it's the exact amount he needs to buy those batteries. And the guy goes, Jesus told me to give you this. Now, that dude had a Got the weirdest assignment from the Holy Spirit ever, right? To say, hey, go put $2.17 on the conveyor belt or whatever it was, you know? But he did it. And now my buddy's, that's influential for why he gave his life to Jesus. So it's not going out on the wings of an airplane or even going on the mission field. It's just obeying that prompt that we have. And and to look at it as not a small thing, is it go, oh, it's just a little thing. Yeah, that's your next assignment. And you don't get assignment number two until you do assignment number one.
0: And that's good. And thank you for telling them we're not trying to get you to stand in front of a train just in case <laughs> yeah. somebody went back to, you know, we're not looking to risk your life, you know, but what we're thinking is, you know, one of the things, which here, is my point, one of the things that you said was, you know, about being bullied in junior high and some of those things. And, you know, I had a similar experience and stuff too. I get, you go, I think there's something about coming to Christ that you go new life. I'm in on that, you know, but there's a realization that a lot of men don't, don't resolve that you still have some past brokenness and scars and issues that don't quite heal right one of the things that i believe is when that fire is kindled that holy spirit fire is kindled inside of you in many ways you're running from that old dude like he's he's mm-hmm. dead he's gone but we're, we're running the other way and if we slow down it's amazing how that old guy seemingly catches back up and suddenly we start to <laughs> fall and drift back into some of those old tendencies how do we stay with that fire kindle keep listening to the holy spirit and and live ultimately a life of adventure whether it's jumping out of a plane or just writing a business proposal or asking that woman to marry you if you're not married yet or having a kid (laughs) or whatever that is how do we
1: start to live that life of adventure being in tune with the holy spirit so this this sounds really reductive and like a sunday school answer but do the first do the thing that's in the back of your head right now do the first thing um pastor erwin mcmanus of mosaic church in california has a saying that I like, he said, as you say yes to God, his voice gets louder and clearer, louder and clearer. And as you say no to his assignments, it gets fainter and quieter, fainter and quieter. And he said, over time, you can actually forget that you ever heard from God. And we've, you and I both met people that were like, man, whatever happened to them? And that's why, is they did not say yes to the assignment at hand. So whatever it is that's going on right now in your life, do that and then wait, because you'll get a next assignment. Because again, Jesus said, the just shall live by faith. So we only get faith if we're scared or doubting, right? And then he said, follow me. Those are those two word example. Well, if we're following Jesus, Jesus doesn't stay in one place. He's, He's not a sedentary deity, right? He's not like Buddha sitting somewhere. He's moving and he's moving to people that hurt, to places that are awkward. And so do the first thing and then wait and then do the next thing and then wait. And then eventually what happens is, that you get assignments closer and closer together and more frequently. Right. And to the point to where you're, you're hearing his voice every day. So it's not like all of a sudden it's this booming voice, like Moses up on Mount Sinai. It's that first, it's maybe the the crackling of the bush in the desert and it kind of works its way up. Right. And so I just tell people do the, do the thing right now, you know, you need to do, and then wait for the next assignment. So
0: what's your next thing okay so i mean like like we all want to know like you've done all these adventures you got something on the docket you got something that you're 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 priming for here
1: yeah well so uh it's not till 2024 we we've got a big trip planned to slovenia it's the probably one of the european capitals for for three different sports that i love very much one is called via ferrata which is where you climb mountains using uh rebar staples um so they back in world war one Italy created these um, staple systems to get up and over the Alps because they knew the Austrians would be waiting for them in the valleys. And so they built this whole thing. And then after the war, like, well, this is a really cool way to get through the mountains. And so now they're all over Europe. They're starting to come to North America. Um, I've done some in the States, the best ones in North America, I think right now are in Canada. But anyway, Slovenia has some of the best. They have some of the best paragliding in Europe. And then that sport I was telling you about canyoning, where you can repel waterfalls. Um, They even let you do it at night there by headlamp in these slot canyons in the Alps. And so yeah, that's the big thing on the horizon. Someday I'd like to go to space. Uh, but as far as the next thing on the calendar um, in uh, Labor Day weekend, I'm going to Utah to uh, camp out of a UTV on the Paiute Trail, which I absolutely love the Paiute Trail. And so, uh, yeah, we'll be bumming around on a player's razor for, for a weekend. And um, yeah, my buddy just got a new job. I said, like, hey, let's go celebrate. I got some American Express points. He's he's not been on a plane in years. I said, all right, let's go do this. Let's rent and go ha- hog wild out there in the desert.
0: That sounds fantastic. Ryan, you wrote the book, Scared to Life, Tales of a Good God Who Reveals His Heart When Ours Is Racing. What, what else do you got? Where else can we send people to to get connected to you?
1: Yeah, so on Instagram, is probably the best place because you can see pictures of where I'm going mm-hmm. and what I'm doing. Um, that's at Ryplane, R-Y-P-L-A-N-E. And there you'll find links to book, blog, podcasts, all of the above. I'd like to tell people uh, I'm not here pitching a book uh, to make any money. Uh, every dime from that book goes to an organization I support that um, teaches girls in conflict zones uh, mm-hmm. how to read, how to write, and about Jesus. And so if you want to support a good cause, and if you don't have the money, I'm on the different uh, library apps so mm-hmm. you can listen or read on through your library. Again, I'm trying to take money. I just think that the life I'm living is too good not to share, and the Jesus I've met is too awesome not to share and so i just want more people to be inspired by the real life stories unexaggerated stories of my life
0: and that's what we tried to do here i mean when you say okay it's another book we we you can find about, you can hear about author's 17 different ways i mean there's it's not right. hard to find something about it, but i'd rather have someone learn about you what you do your heart your passion and your love of god and what the holy spirit's doing in you and then maybe at the end here go i might want to check that book out which we'll put a link <laughs> in the show notes to do that so ryan thank you for taking time to be in, on today's show i really appreciate it You guys in the herd, we'll continue that conversation over there. Thank you, men, for listening to or watching the Pursuit of Manliness podcast. If you're looking for any of the links mentioned in today's podcast episode, make sure you check out the show notes. You will find them there. If you will, leave a five-star review on iTunes. That just continues to help get the word out about the Pursuit of Manliness podcast. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. Let's keep pursuing biblical manliness.